Welcome to Base Liberty, your source for politics. The government is way too big, way too intrusive, we are overtaxed. History. The right to self-defense is a natural, God-given right. The founders clearly understood this. Economics. We can't just keep printing off money, we can't just keep borrowing money. If you think this path is sustainable, then I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. And more. From a liberty perspective. I've got to disagree with you there. The income tax is clearly immoral because it assumes you don't own the fruit of your labor, the government. With your host, Darren Wisely. Deregulation and decentralization are the answers if we're ever going to get this thing back on track. We need to look to families, churches, and charities, not the Welcome state. Welcome to Base Liberty, Episode 4. Darren Wisely here. Today is Monday, August 17th, 2020. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I did post a little snippet that you can find on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, or my Facebook page about the shutdowns. Now, I've avoided shutdown content on this show because in my state rep campaign, I really hammered that home, and I thought talking about it on here would be kind of beating a dead horse. Plus, I was really excited to talk about some different content that wasn't super relevant to a political campaign. All that being said, if something relevant does come up, I'm more than happy to do an episode on that, especially if there's demand from you guys. In this, I just gave a little two, three minute video on a different take that I'd had before on how politicians are screwing over college, high school, and even younger with their selfish motives in the shutdown. I also loved the great feedback I received from Friday's episode. That was a really, was a fun one for me. That's why I'm really excited for today's episode. We're talking about Thomas Jefferson, Lysander Spooner, Donald Trump, and unfortunately Taylor Swift. But where else you get to hear about all four of them in one episode of a show? As I alluded to on social media, we're talking about the post office and Lysander Spooner. The reason for this is President Trump talked about defunding the post office or at least opposing a $25 billion bailout that the Democrats wanted. President Trump referenced his concerns about voter fraud. Democratic nominee Joe Biden said that this was an assault on our democracy, which I'm not exactly sure how that's the case. Also, a pet peeve of mine is calling us a democracy. Of course, we're, well, we're supposed to be a constitutional republic. Taylor Swift tweeted that Trump was trying to blatantly cheat the election and that he was putting millions at risk, which I'm not sure how that's the case, how voting in person is a risk when people can go get groceries, go to Walmart, go to work, do all those kinds of things, but they can't show up to vote. Now, in terms of the voter fraud concerns, that's certainly legitimate. However, getting into all that is going to be a little beyond the scope of this episode. So just like everything in today's crazy world, Donald Trump is the center of everything, which, let's be honest, he certainly isn't complaining about that. But if Donald Trump supports something, the left and Democrats hate it, and vice versa. So President Trump criticizing the Postal Service is leading to insanity and the left acting as if the Postal Service is the savior of humanity. I saw this really silly tweet where someone said that the Constitution requires the United States Postal Service. Well, just those five words are wrong really badly on two different levels, and I'm just going to break that down real quick. 
Now, first off, what this person is probably referencing, if they've ever read the Constitution at all, is Article 1, Section 8, Clause 7, which is the Postal Clause. The Postal Clause allows the federal government to establish a post office and postal roads. So much of what the federal government does today is just blatantly unconstitutional, and the Tenth Amendment to the Bill of Rights makes that abundantly clear. All powers not expressly delegated to the federal government in the Constitution are reserved to the states. Things like the Department of Education, EPA, and all these other bureaucracies, if they're not given that power in the Constitution, then the federal government is not allowed to be doing it. Now, of course, the courts and all these slimy politicians and lawyers have used the Commerce Clause, the General Welfare Clause, the Necessary and Proper Clause to twist the Constitution into something totally different. But originally, the states were supposed to really handle all of these different things, not the federal government. Now, in terms of bureaucracy... A state could have a huge bureaucracy doing all kinds of different things if their state constitution permits it. So even if I might disagree with a state doing something a certain way, if their constitution um, doesn't say they can't, then they can. But with the federal government, we have the Tenth Amendment, so if it's not expressly given to them, they then they can't do it. Something a lot of people just don't even realize because we take for granted this Leviathan that is our federal government today. When it comes to the post office, the federal government is permitted to do that. And again, that's because of Article 1, Section 8, Clause 7. The problem is this person says that it is required by the Constitution. And I know it might just sound like semantics and to this person, I'm sure that's what they're gonna say about me. But there is a difference. It's allowed. For instance, in Article 3 of the Constitution, which sets up our judiciary branch, the Supreme Court is required to act as the judiciary branch as the check on the two other branches of government. But what's permitted or allowed is lower courts in the federal system, which we have today, federal district and circuit court under the Supreme Court. Article 3 allows Congress to set up federal courts but what is the only thing required is the Supreme Court. So we don't have to have the lower federal courts constitutionally. That's an important distinction. The federal government's involvement in the Postal Service is allowed, but it's not required. So that's the first thing this person gets wrong. Now the second thing they get wrong on this very small five-word tweet is that what is required is the United States Postal Service. The United States Postal Service is this huge inefficient, wasteful, monopolistic bureaucracy from the federal government. Nothing saying, even if it was required, which it's not, but what's permitted has to be this huge, wasteful bureaucracy. And there was actually a lot of concern about this. For instance, John Jay, one of the authors of the Federalist Papers, here's another pet peeve of mine, is the overemphasis on the importance of the Federalist Papers. Now, the Federalist Papers are a great intellectual document, definitely something to study and read. I'm not saying to just totally discard them, but so many people, both the left and the right, always references, oh, Federalist this, Federalist 10, you know, whatever. The idea that the Federalist Papers are what sold the Constitution is just factually inaccurate. Actually, 10 states had already ratified the Constitution before all of the Federalists even been out. And 
Some states didn't get the Federalist at all. They were primarily for New York. They definitely were not this big widespread publication. You have to think about how much harder it is to publish and distribute something in the late 18th century. Back to John Jay, he said that the postal service should not deliver newspapers and thomas jefferson always fearful of government especially the power of the federal government feared the postal service's patronage and waste of money which of course both fears very much came to fruition just like so many of his other fears about the federal government he was also concerned about the roads because he believed them to be state resources not federal now the postal clause and the role of the united states post office was much more narrow in the 19th century and grew as the courts expanded it through the 20th century just like many other aspects of the federal government. For instance, in the 19th century, this was mainly limited to roads and postal sites, whereas it eventually grew in the 20th century to include appropriation of land for the postal service. Another interesting tidbit about the postal service is early on in the 19th century, the what kind of content that could be mailed was limited. Obscene material was not allowed, and even things like lottery tickets weren't allowed at certain points. Whereas once you got into the 20th century, the first the meaning of the First Amendment was expanded, so it included all these types of things. So that's the backdrop, the history of the Postal Clause in the United States Postal Service. And now we get into Lysander Spooner, for those of you who don't know who he is. He's got a big old beard. He was a huge abolitionist. He was a lawyer. And he didn't like things the federal government was doing, to say the least. Lysander Spooner really is such an interesting character. If you want to check out more of his work, a lot of it's in No Treason, and there's many others. And I was doing a little research just to make sure I had my facts straight, because I haven't really looked into him in a while. And I used some of it from a great article written by Naomi Matthew in the Foundation for Economic Education, which you can check out at fee.org, and I'd highly recommend you doing so. In the 1840s, the United States Postal Service rates were extremely high. Mail from just Boston to New York cost 18 cents. That's a quarter of a day's wages at that time. And you got to think, there's no other way to really communicate with people who aren't living right next to you. You don't have cell phone, texting, email, FaceTime, and all that. So this is really your only way to communicate with friends and relatives outside of your direct community, and it's that expensive. The price of postage was almost as much as it cost to send an entire barrel of flour. And then going from Boston to DC would be 25 cents. These prices were outrageous which really bothered Lysander Spooner, but what else bothered him was the corruption that was going on. People involved with the Postal Service were filling their own pockets, and every election cycle it seemed like who was in the Postal Service was changing based on who was buddies with the politicians that were getting into office. So in 1844, Lysander Spooner created the American Letter Mailing Company, which he created to challenge the government's legal monopoly on postage. Spooner's company operated in Baltimore, New York, Philadelphia, and various other cities. Spooner's company delivered from New York to Philadelphia twice daily. Spooner dropped his postage rates to just six cents for a half an ounce, 
and 20 stamps could be bought for just $1. And as you can imagine, the federal government was not thrilled at all by Spooner becoming a competitor to their monopoly, and just six days after his business opened its doors, they were challenging him. Spooner was arrested. Initially, the federal circuit court agreed with Spooner that the Constitution didn't say the government had to have a monopoly on postage. In response to Spooner entering the market, the government did significantly drop their prices. For three years straight, the U.S. Postal Service had to operate at a deficit. Now, I know to us today, the government always operates at a deficit, but this was a bigger deal back then. Unfortunately for Lysander Spooner, the United States Postal Service was just relentless. They continuously harassed him with lawsuits. The legal fees just continued to pile up for him. And in 1851, he had to shut his doors because he just couldn't keep up with all the legal fees. And unfortunately, it was really sad for Lysander Spooner and his company, but he did make a lasting impact. The government had to significantly lower their prices as much as 75% as a result of Spooner creating competition with them. Now, after Lysander Spooner's stint in the postage industry, he really committed his life to being an abolitionist. Now, fast forward to today, the government still has a monopoly on postage. Laws were changed in the 1970s, and that's why you see some competitors like FedEx, UPS, and others who, of course, provide much better service, much more efficient service, because they actually have to operate at a profit, unlike a government bureaucracy that doesn't have those same incentives. So the United States Postal Service, of course, is extremely wasteful. It's a giant bureaucracy. It really is a mess. Since 2007, the USPS has operated at a $78 billion deficit. The Consumers Against Government Waste, which I'll provide a nice little graph they have here on the huge deficits of the United States Postal Service estimates that the USPS get, gets about 18 billion dollars in subsidies from taxpayers every single year now these aren't direct subsidies but they're in different forms such as tax breaks different laws that are carved out just for the USPS and many others. In the COVID-19 bailouts of the CARES Act, the United States Postal Service asked for $75 billion. Donald Trump did not agree with that, and they settled for $10 billion, which, hey, I wouldn't be complaining about. One of the Democratic congressmen from Virginia who was advocating for the huge $75 billion bailout said, well, the USPS was insolvent to begin with, and the coronavirus just made it worse. It was to show you how they operate in this huge government bureaucracy as so many of them do. So what does the future bring with the United States Postal Service? I'm not sure, but at the end of the day, the government should never be bailing anyone out. If someone can't operate on their own, then they should fail and other businesses will come into the market that will figure out how to best suit, serve consumers. They'll be profitable and consumers will have lower prices and better service. When the government props up industries, all it leads to is waste of taxpayer dollars, 
worse options for consumers when it comes to both service and price and everyone loses except for the few people that are at the top of the ladder in these bureaucracies getting fat. Basic economics just shows you that the private sector is always going to do better because the incentives are there. They have to profit to stay afloat because the they can't just bank on a bailout. In the public sector, they can get a bailout. They can raise taxes in different industries. And that's why all these government bureaucracies are less efficient. So with the United States Postal Service, now they could stay in business, but I would just say, if you're going to do that, don't bail them out anymore. Make them figure it out on their own. And if they do fail, then let them sink. There's already other options in the market and more new ones will pop up and prices will drop and we'll all be better off. I hope you found this episode interesting. The story of Lysander Spooner shows us how the government hates competition. And Lysander Spooner was extremely critical of the Constitution. He said that the Constitution has either permitted everything that's gone on or it has done nothing to stop it. And it kind of shows throughout history and man, he thought things were bad in terms of government overreach in the mid late 19th century. Think how much worse it gets, especially after 1913. And he raises a point is the constitution, which is a document I have a great respect for can be twisted, has been usurped and just absolutely trampled on by so many politicians, especially the Supreme Court and a lot of almost every president as well. If it was followed as it was written, it would really do great things for us. But the problem is when people get in there and they start twisting things and they open that president, it's just really a slippery slope. And I would like to see our government get back to following the Constitution as written, as our founding fathers intended, which is not through finding secret hidden meanings in it, but how it was discussed, how it was agreed upon as written at the time in the ratifying convention. So hey, everyone take care and enjoy the rest of your day.